Welcome to Metal Minutes by Cornerstone Building Brands, a podcast series where we talk about hot topics in the metal construction industry. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Cornerstone Building Brands Metal Minutes. My name is Lexi Edwards, and I will be your host today. With me, I have Barry Clifton. He is the National Sales Manager for Heritage Building Systems. Hi, Lexi. Hey, Barry. How are you doing? Doing all right. How are you? I'm doing well. Um, so do you want to give a little background on your experience? I know that you've uh, got some years in the industry. Sure, sure. I've been with Heritage a little over 20 years now. I started in the uh, on the sales team um, and didn't know a, a Gert from a Perlin back then. And uh, so everything I learned about steel buildings was taught to me by the already experienced sales team at Heritage. And I was in the, the, the sales team, you know, estimating buildings and working with customers directly for about 10 years. Uh, and roughly 10 years ago, I accepted a position as sales manager at Heritage. Awesome. Well, today you are going to help us talk about the cost of steel buildings or more so what goes into the cost of steel buildings. I know that's probably a very common question that you get. It is. We would, when I would field calls from customers, that's the the first thing they would want to know is how much is a thirty by forty or how much is a forty by sixty. And what we would have to explain to them is that there are a lot of variables that would go into determining the price of a steel building. Um, and matter of fact, we have a page on our steelbuilding.com website that that shows different variations of uh, four different buildings because the, the, the building size is not the only thing to consider. You also have to look at the local codes and loads, the wind load, snow load, uh, even the seismic coefficient in your given area, as well as what options you might want on your building. Things like uh, insulation, uh, sectional or roll-up doors, whether you want those doors insulated, the roof pitch of your building, uh, the, even the color of your building in some cases can affect the price. Okay, so it's a little bit more than just here's my length times width times height. Now give me a quote. It is, you know, not only are they designed to meet or exceed the local building codes, which we do ask our customers to confirm because that, uh, that, that, that changes from time to time uh, by the local code officials. They change those codes and don't necessarily notify everybody uh, in a timely manner. So not only is it based on local codes and loads, but it's also, we have to ship the building to you. So we have to get the shipping costs. And uh, fortunately, we have a hub and spoke system where we have several different shipping locations and we can usually get it to any part of the country pretty economically. But we do have to determine shipping costs based on the zip code, the job site zip code. Okay. I know that we're kind of blowing through a lot of these different factors. So let's go ahead and back up and start with um, one in particular that kind of caught my ear. You had mentioned building codes, and I'm assuming that a lot of that has to do with the building design. So I'm assuming that while length and width and all of that comes into play, I'm sure that the shape and the different structure to the building would have something to do about the cost, correct? It is. Um, basically, when you price a steel building, it's sold by the weight. How much is steel per pound? Uh, and, and the heavier your building, the more it will cost. And so changing things like eave height and roof pitch and so forth can affect uh, the weight of a building. Um, if you have heavier panel gauge, for one thing, normally we use a 26 gauge, but we have occasional requests for a 24 gauge. Uh, and I would caution you to beware of buildings with 29 gauge. That's pretty thin for an outer, outer skin. 
But anyway, you know, some of those changes can be determined or those needs can be determined by what you're going to be using the building for. So that's usually one of the first questions I'll ask is what is the building being used for? And I don't do that just to be nosy. A lot of times that question can answer a lot of other questions. Uh, like if you're using it for a, a, a man cave or just a backyard shop, you may not need, you may want some insulation, but you probably don't need uh, need to maintain a constant temperature year round. Um, but again, that's, that's more accessory pricing uh, other than building. But uh, if you have uh, a lot of times people will want a canopy, they'll want a, you know, a six foot canopy outside their building and they're sometimes surprised at the price, but it's not just sheeting. We can't just design those where we have a, a piece of sheeting sticking out six feet. There has to be structural support underneath that so that it can uh, support a minimum minimum of 20 pounds per square foot live load. So, so that adds a lot more steel than you might think. Um, and also, as long as we're talking about purlin extensions, a lot of times someone will, will talk about getting a, a four foot extension. And, and you know, our folks are knowledgeable enough to dig a little deeper because if the building is 20 feet tall and you have a four foot extension 20 feet up in the air, it's not gonna really provide you any protection at all. So again, what, what is the purpose of that canopy or that uh, uh, purlin extension? Is that just for aesthetics or are you actually wanting to protect something or have a picnic table under it? Um, so all those things are, are some questions that really need to be asked because an investment like this is going to be there for your lifetime and, and, and maybe for your kids' kids if it's maintained properly. So it, 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 it behooves everybody to take our time, find out exactly what you need, and we, we always try to balance what you need, what you want, and what's in your budget. Okay, that makes sense. So basically, the more you add on to the building, the more expensive it'll be. That's kind of straightforward. Yeah. It is, now, but another art, of course, it's a, it's a steel building. W one reason we're called Heritage Building Systems is because it is a building system. Everything you change affects everything else. So there are some cases where a steeper pitch may actually cost less money because it places less of a stress on the column. So the columns are, are uh, able to be made smaller. And of course, all that is done with computer-assisted design. Um, but so, so increasing the height or changing the knee pitch it all works together, but okay. generally speaking, a taller building will cost more, a steeper roof pitch will cost more. Makes sense. Okay, so then uh, another thing you mentioned were, um, it was zip codes. So location, in what ways would, would location affect right. the cost uh, of the building? And sometimes even more narrow than just a zip code, uh, in particular in a, in a heavy snow area, like the Anirondack Mountains of New York or in Colorado, because sometimes a zip code can have uh, severe elevation changes. So even the zip code is not enough. We really need the job site address to get an accurate uh, estimate. And we have tools where we can determine uh, uh, the snow load based on that information. Actually, it's based on latitude, latitude and longitude, which can be given to us with the physical address. Um, and then we can get a starting point. But again, we ask that you verify those codes and loads with your with your local permit official. So in the example that I just gave you, if you're at a higher elevation, sometimes, uh, particularly in a mountainous region, the snow load can increase greatly over a short distance. The snow load can in increase exponentially, which of course causes more steel to support that snow, which would increase the cost. Same thing with wind. If you're, um, there, there are two things with wind. There's the wind speed, and there's, a, there's also the wind exposure. 
So uh, the wind speed sometimes can be affected by how close you are to the coast and coastal regions. I had a building once out in the desert, but it was down in a canyon. And so there was a special wind region down in that canyon. And the, and the wind speed was about 10 miles an hour faster than it was out, outside the canyon. Uh, so that's wind speed requirements. There's also uh, wind exposure. And that's a, it's really not too difficult to figure out. Usually from a Google Maps, you can determine that. But uh, it, it, that's based on other structures or permanent structures that will stop the wind before it gets to your building. So if you're in the middle of a city or in, in the middle of a field, you know, it's going to make a, make a big difference as far as the wind exposure category. The newer codes, uh, we have to assume wind exposure C, unless it can be proven to be otherwise. Whereas the older building codes, you could assume B, unless you could prove or had to prove it was C. So anyway, the, the, the exposure of the building to the wind can also affect the, the cost. Okay, and that's because you would have to make certain adjustments on the building to make sure that they meet those certain codes or can withstand certain geographical weather climates then. Right, and, that, and the main issue with that, of course, is safety, but also the cover letter, the cover page of your drawings, because you're going to have to, in most cases, you will have to pull a building permit uh, before you can erect your building. And so when you submit, we provide engineer sealed drawings. And so when you take those to your permit office for uh, approval to get your, your building permit, they're going to look at the, the building code, the wind load, the snow load, make sure it meets their requirements before they issue that permit. That's why we always insist that you that you confirm the local codes and loads with your building department before purchasing a building. It's really easy to make those changes uh, on a computer, on a piece of paper. Um, and usually not very costly. If the building gets in the field and and then we determine something is, is wrong, uh, it can be sometimes a lot more costly to, to fix those errors in the field. Okay. So, so far we've talked a lot about the building design and the, the job site as a whole. What about the actual individual materials, the raw materials that go into a steel building? Well, the raw materials, steel is a commodity item. So the steel prices do fluctuate. Uh, some of the things that affect that is uh, used to the price of Coke was negotiated on an annual basis. Now it's negotiated, I believe, every quarter. So that just causes more volatility in, in raw material prices. And it is a global commodity. And so prices do fluctuate. Um, when you Once you purchase a building, if you purchase it for production, and I probably should go into that in just a moment. If you purchase a building for production, we get your deposit, we get your PO, we send you your drawings and we start cutting steel and it's, and it's on the way to you as quickly as possible. There's another process where you, you may not be sure you're gonna get your permit. Uh, you may know that your permit office is difficult to deal with, what have you. In those cases, you would order your building uh, in, as a permit job. What we would do then is once we receive your deposit, we would send you your drawings and then we would stop. We would wait for you to get your building permit, get approval from your county, and then you would release the building for production. And the reason I'm mentioning that now is because uh, if you order a production job, then then your price is, is not going to change. If you order a job as a permit job, and then in some uh, extreme circumstances, in some of the harder to permit places, uh, LA County, Las Vegas, things like that, it can sometimes take a year to get your building permit. In those cases, the 
final price has to be determined at the time of release. In some cases, it goes up. Some cases, it goes down. But it being a commodity item, we can't actually purchase the steel for that building until we're ready to manufacture it. So the price of steel, when we begin manufacturing your building, is going to determine that. Okay, so that is the the building and the materials and all of the tangible items themselves. What else can go into the total project cost? Well, you also need to look at your uh, concrete and your erection cost. Heritage does not install the buildings. We don't have crews that go around putting them up. So you'll need to either, uh, so a lot of our customers put it up themselves or they hire, they basically become their own general contractor uh, and hire someone to put it up and pour their concrete and so forth. For instance, the way that you brace a building can sometimes uh, cost less when it comes to the steel, but end up costing you more in your overall project. Um, so all those things are, are, are items that we try to look at and try to advise you on. Uh, and in some instances, again, people are just interested in getting the lowest price for the steel building. And that makes me a bit nervous sometimes because, uh, you know, we, we don't want to be the low price leaders. We want to provide a, a great quality building and we want the overall project cost to be as low as possible also. And ease of erection, all those things. Okay, so the, the construction itself, that's not based on something that we, as in Cornerstone or Heritage Building Systems, that's not something that we quote or provide. That would be a third-party cost. Correct. That would still need to be factored into the total cost. Okay, right. makes total sense. What are some other things that we might necessarily not provide or be able to quote, but would still need to be associated with total project cost? Right. Well, the wonderful thing about doing business with Heritage Building Systems is that we are a division of Cornerstone Building Brands. So we control all the part of manufacturing that steel building. We coat the coils, we press the panels, we make the girts and the purlins and the rigid frames. We're not a broker. We are a manufacturer. Now, anything that's not steel, uh, uh, such as insulation, uh, that's a buyout item, what we call a buyout item. Uh, we get our insulation from uh, a manufacturer. Uh, directly and because of the volume that we purchase we get really good pricing on that we provide those as an alternate usually sometimes we may include that in the price depending on what the customer wants but depending on your insulation again if it's for uh, cold storage or for, for for manufacturing where controlling the temperature is really important we can do uh, high r value insulation systems which can increase the cost quite a bit or if you're just wanting to you know knock off the heat uh, in the summer and keep it uh, above freezing in the winter, then we can just do a minimal insulation. But insulation can add to the cost. Also, you know, you may want windows, walk doors, sectional overhead doors or roll-up doors. And again, I mentioned the, uh, those, those are the, the items. Now, the, as far as the doors, another company that we deal with that's also owned by Cornerstone Building Brands is DBCI Door Company. They make the roll-up doors. So we can provide the roll-up doors. Now, the sectional overhead doors we could provide those from a couple of vendors we work with, or you could get those locally as well. We wouldn't need the specs on those doors. Uh, a lot of times people will be ready to buy a steel building and they don't know what doors they're using. And that can be an item of contention because we really want to make sure the building is designed because different doors require different support. And so we want to be sure that we provide uh, the support that's going to be adequate for your doors if you provide your own. So uh, many of the things that you just mentioned, I, I guess, would fall under still building accessories. So um, that is something else that obviously the more you add to the building would probably add to the cost. 
It will. And, and also, that's like I mentioned earlier, if it's a building that you you and your family are going to be using, you know, for the for, for your lifetime and perhaps your kids lifetime, it's important to, to get everything you want. Uh, you know, don't plan on a phase two. Go ahead and, and, and get everything you need. If you want good insulated sectional overhead doors with windows, get them. I mean, it, it adds cost to the building. But when you look at the overall project cost, you know, when you, when you look at the cost of the steel building, along with the cost of the concrete and the erection and whatever finishing out you might have on the inside with, with sheetrock or cabinetry or depending on what the building is going to be used for, when you look at the, the percentage of the overall project cost, you know, adding a couple thousand to the steel building cost on, on a big enough project, you know, can only be a, a percent or two addition to the to the overall project cost. So a lot of times I, I see people wanting to get the building cost down as low as possible, which I understand we, we want to be, we want to provide uh, value, but in some cases you cheat yourself by trying to get the, the cheapest building price because it, it's something you may have to pay for later on when you try to upgrade. Makes total sense. All right. Is there anything that we've missed so far about what should go into the total cost of a still building project? Well, there can be some costs depending on the on the land where you're building. Uh, you know, if you're if you're just wanting a building cost, but you haven't really secured the land yet, um, there can be some tricks there because there may be setbacks or variances uh, that either will make you uh, have to change your building size. You may think you can go all the way to the road, but you really have to be 20 feet back from the road, or you may have to buy additional land. Um, you've also got permitting fees. Uh, one other thing, we do provide anchor bolt drawings, which will uh, tell you the stresses the steel building will place on the concrete. Um, what we do not provide is the foundation drawing. Uh, your, your foundation engineer will have to take our anchor bolt plans, which again tell you the kips or the stresses the building will place on the concrete. They'll take that and couple that with your soil conditions, again, which is dependent on the job site location. And they will come up with the actual foundation plan. Okay. All right. So I guess the, the number one question that we've got to get answered, Barry, is, is the cheapest option always the best way to go? No. Well, you know, my grandpa always said good stuff ain't cheap and cheap stuff ain't no good. Um, <laughs> now, don't get us wrong. We love a good deal. However, the cheapest metal building might not be the best choice. A lot of times I'll have uh, uh, customers will call up and they say they want a quote, exactly like this other quote because they want to compare apples to apples and uh, I, I like to say that's fine as long as you don't need an orange because other companies don't necessarily delve into it like we do and find out what the building is going to be used for and ask the questions that over our years of experience we've learned to ask to try to determine exactly what you need because we we want certainly want to quote what you want but in some cases because of our expertise and years in the business some customers who may be buying their first building ever, they may not have thought of some of the things that we think about. For instance, I mentioned the overhang, you know, a four foot overhang 20 feet up in the air. For instance, if someone wants a, a building over a certain width, we may try to ask them if they can go longer instead because the larger span you have to span with the clear span building, the more steel it takes. So we may ask if you could maybe go a little bit longer and a little bit narrower. So again our project consultants are very experienced and so they're really good at guiding our customers through the different things now uh, again some folks are impatient they just want a price and uh, we're happy to do that but uh, in order to give you the actual best value 
and provide exactly what you want and what's going to uh, take care of your needs for, for years to come, it's always best to have a conversation and, and find out all these items we've been talking about. Sounds good. All right. Well, thank you so much for providing all of this information for us today. Certainly. And I would ask anyone uh, who's interested in learning more about steel buildings, we're happy to answer questions. You may not be ready to build yet, but if you're planning on building next year or something like that, it's never too soon to start. Keep in mind that we do have lead times on uh, getting your drawings to you and manufacturing the building. So it's it's never too early to start talking about it. We'll be happy to send you brochures, color charts, talk to you about some of the various options and uh, get you started. Awesome. Thanks so much, Barry. Thank you. Hey, fellow metalheads. Thanks for listening to our episode. For more information, visit the blog section on our website or visit our podcast page for similar topics. Want to become a Metal Insider? Sign up for our newsletter for exclusive industry news and updates.